0: Hello, hello, welcome to our Triput Podcast. Let's welcome Juliana Estradiot, a researcher in material science and agroindustrial industrial biochemistry. She's also a triple alumna. alumna. Juliana has achieved over 45 awards in national and international science and engineering fairs, being the first and only Brazilian to receive the ISA first place in material science and the first Brazilian girl to attend the Stockholm International Youth Science Seminar. We've talked about the universe in a nutshell and the business skills you can acquire that you can incorporate into conducting research. We've expanded on some practical ways to involve younger people in doing science and also how people view sustainability in this day of age. I'm not going to talk any longer, let's just jump right into it. Hi Juliana, welcome to the podcast hi thank you for having me here I'm really excited to talk to you yes for me too it's it's a pleasure to have you here especially because we are also size alumnas so it's a bit online reunion in that sense
1: yes now we can unite forever <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, read all about your work because you are actually a triple ISA finalist and you've been the first girl to first Brazilian girl to attend science. And I think there is a lot to cover in our episode, but before jumping right into all about those amazing experiences, I'm curious to just let's date back a little bit. I want to ask you, how did you become interested in the STEM fields? Because I believe there are two routes you can take, meaning that was it a constant spark or a passion that developed gradually?
1: Yeah, I think for me it was a passion that developed gradually because I never pictured myself as a scientist when I was a kid. I only thought the scientists were like all dead or had white hair because that was <laughs> how I pictured Einstein and Newton. And uh, when I like first got my chemistry classes uh, in the... Like in the end of my middle school, I got really curious and excited about learning those things. But I like I did not see myself into it and everything actually started in a social project that I was a volunteer in my first year of high school, my freshman year, and I was a volunteering project that helped the family farmers from my hometown, because I live in the countryside of Brazil, we are a really huge country, and I helped them with teach, teaching cleaning and production procedures, and that Like the contact with agriculture uh, made me want to start further about biology, about chemistry. And that was like the beginning of my research interest
0: as well. That's amazing. You're saying that you don't have to dye your hair white in order to become a scientist, right? (laughs) Yes,
1: (laughs) Yes, <laughs> sure. Look at you, look at all the other like uh, ci- young scientists that came for the podcast. So I think we have a plenty of examples to show that you can be a teenager and be a scientist. Only if someone
0: becomes president, there is a new research <laughs> conducted by Harvard University. They <laughs> just posted it, that they had this photo of Barack Obama. And after his eight years, hairstyle style has completely changed um, due to the stress. <laughs> Is curious. <laughs> but science is not all about stress and I really like the fact that you know you were not so comfortable with the school subjects it's great because a lot of scientists and I think it's a common misconception that you have to be top in everything you have to find your niche you have to find that kind of feel that you are excited about and you have to dig in a little bit deeper um, and I realized that you brought forward the fusion of sociology, agriculture, and economic sustainability. So it's real cool.
1: Yeah, I think that too, because sometimes at school things are boring or you don't see them as the way they truly are. So I think having like this kind of hands-on experience is really important because they are going to tell like when you are doing
0: something really in depth, you can see if you like it or not. That's right. And especially if you're volunteering, you your mind is already focused on that external help that you want to provide to others. That was the starting point of your research, if, if we uh, look yes, at the yes. timeline. I didn't mean it to be a pun, but your passion developed gradually in that sense, because you continued on your scientific journey that actually led to developing biodegradable plastic from passion fruit peel. Uh, could you expand on that?
1: Yes, uh, actually, uh, the idea for the research came because of the project that I was a volunteer. Uh, the family farmers, they have like uh, this familiar industries here where they process fruits to produce juices and jelly so can, they can sell them. I was helping them. And here where I live, we have this familiar industries where they process the fruits to uh, produce juices and jelly so they can sell and I helped them, and I saw that after uh, doing this processing, they generated a lot of organic trash, and this started bothering me, because here we have a passion fruit production, and they process it to produce the juices so they can sell, and they didn't do anything with the pills, and I started wondering what I could do with them, like, do I need really to just turn them into trash or can I do something like bigger something innovative something different and this was like my first uh, uh, thought and my first uh, like my first desire to do science and everything started because of it because I saw how much degenerated of passion fruit peel here in my hometown and then I started like reading more about it reading more about uh, science and I started reading papers and I never did that before so it was a really like shocking uh, method for me but it was really fun too because I could see like new uh, things that were being explored new innovations new findings and I decided to like produce a biodegradable plastic film because I saw a lot of news about plastics, and I saw that uh, they produced biodegradable biodegradable plastic films from scratch. I started worrying if I could de- use the passion fruit to produce uh, the passion fruit peel to produce a biodegradable plastic film, and it was. A lot of fun doing it. In my school, we don't have like a laboratory. We only have bakery kitchen because we have like these professional courses and uh, we don't have any chemical or biological professional course. So I had to adapt the methodologies to my infrastructure. And it was a really fun moment for me because I, I started doing like research out of the best conditions. And with the biodegradable plastic film that I produced, I uh, did an application as a seedling package because the, it could be applied in, with the family farmers that uh, like became my passion and I wanted to give back
0: to them something that I was producing. It's very intriguing, first of all, that you brought the idea of organic waste. Just as you mentioned that they produce that organic waste that could be used in other ways that benefit society overall. I just want to bring an analogy here that if we think about medical waste, cells that are usually left behind from urinal blood samples, they are used for diabetes or cancer research. And I think it's really important that you brought us up that out of the limited resources, or the materials that you might think you have, those are in reality readily available. You can use that to produce something eco-friendly, local, and I think the project just exudes creativity how you expanded those borders.
1: Yes, I completely agree with you, thank you.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely, I think you'll get the gist, and it just came to my mind. When you want to cook something, you look through the kitchen and you know find some random ingredients pasta, have a cream, whatever you name it. And then it turns out to be the swamp pot pasta that that's the most delicious meal you've ever tasted. And because you've combined ingredients you haven't before, and that is creativity, applying something in a field that has never existed before.
1: Yes, and like, I, I really like, this analogy of comparing science to cooking. And I think then both you like use a method, but you can use your creativity and you can like explore different things and really produce something new.
0: Yes, which you've undoubtedly did. And this is your first ISAP project where you signaling packages. And I wanna ask about the economic cost. So how much is it cheaper compared to other products or are there other products available in the market?
1: So uh, it's like not cheaper than the regular plastic that we uh, use in our daily basis because it's an alternative to the, like the, reg- the, the f- plastic film that we use in the kitchen, that transparent thing. Cheaper than the regular plastic that we use daily because it's from petroleum and we have a lot of resources coming from it and biodegradable plastics are only being explored now. But by using like an organic trash and organic waste, um, actually reducing the cost of producing a biodegradable plastic because you can use something that was going to the trash and transforming it into a plastic. And it's uh, them more like it's cheaper than the plastics from scratch. I in the I did this project I think four years ago, so I don't remember uh, remember all the details. But I uh, actually compared it with the like big brands of biodegradable plastics that existed uh, in on that time and continue existing now. So I remember that it was actually cheaper than them because of using this organic trash.
0: That's amazing and wonderful that you are able to bring it back to the circulation. So it's not something that has to be constructed, but that you can use again. And that's the whole idea of sustainability we are going to talk about (laughs) in this episode. And moving forward, it's going to be a broad Kind of term to use, but we will get it why I said it. But I want to talk about the universe in a nutshell with you. So, how did you switch to studying <laughs> academia? So um, I like I presented my project
1: here in science fairs in Brazil and uh, in other countries as well. But here I get some like uh, visibility on the news. And then uh, my teacher that was my mentor, my research mentor during my high school, she got contact by a teacher from another state. And here in Brazil, we only produce macadamia in a specific region of the country where I don't live. So he reached <laughs> to us and he said that, uh, the anagro industry that is actually one of the main, uh, producers here in Brazil that produce the macadamia nut. Uh, they didn't know what to do with the shells of the macadamia. And he asked if you, we don't want to work with it since we, uh, already worked with organic waste. And then he sent the macadamia nut shells like by mail. And it was, it was like this change. Uh, Everything started because of this demand from the ag industry there. And uh, I really liked the idea and I wanted like, to continue researching. So the universe in a nutshell, uh, the name is because it's like a kind of joke with the Stephen Hawking's book, and also like because this expression only uh, works in English, it doesn't work in Portuguese. Uh, so nutshell is just nutshell here in Brazil. And I think it was just because of the joke, actually. <laughs> it was a scientific joke, if I can say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally pun intended, which I greatly appreciate. How did you translate it to Portuguese? Did you use a similar expression?
1: Like, uh... We don't, yeah, the nutshell would be like nutshell, uh, but we don't have this kind of reducing. uh, uh, If you go to Portuguese, nutshell will only mean like the shell of a nut. So when I do the joke in Portuguese, it doesn't mean like it's not that funny.
0: Yeah, you need a translator um, to <laughs> elevate the the joke part of it. Part of research where you took something that was waste and you turned it into a product that can be used or I suppose that could be used in a variety of fields. Because if we think about membranes in general because i'm working in microbiology and medical affiliated fields i think about the blood brain barrier and how pharmaceutical molecules are absorbed but you took this idea um, that you turn it into this bacterial cellulose membrane and i'm interested to hear and i'm sure the listeners too that how can you use it so where does it have a transformational impact in our daily lives or industry
1: i'm really fascinated about this membrane because it Uh, like, I hated biology during my high school because it was all about memorizing things. And when I got the opportunity to do research in the field of microbiology and biotechnology, I got really passionate about it. So this was like a life-changing project for me because now I want to study further about these areas than I didn't before. And I'm really fascinated about bacterial cellulose membranes because they are biopolymer and they can be produced by a wide variety of microorganisms and they are really like a really strong material when you compare it to plastics, for example when you compare the mechanical uh, properties of it it's actually better than the regular plastic that we use daily so it has a better tensile strength and I did some more analysis on the mechanical properties and it's a really really strong material and uh, concerning the applications it can be applied as an alternative to plastics because it's a biopolymer; it's uh, produced by microorganisms, so it can be uh, biodegradable uh, really fast. And it's also really interesting because, since it's like uh, produced by microorganisms that not are not harmful for the human body, it can also be applied in a wide variety of biomedical applications. And I am like really. Uh, excited to explore more about it uh, that I'm going to university and uh, one of my main ideas is to use it as a kind of biological band-aid because it uh, is biocompatible with the human skin so it will adhere to the human skin and uh, promote the like the healing more fast and because when you use like a band-aid that is from plastic uh, it's it goes like it doesn't let your skin transpirate and this is one of the things that I want to study with the bacterial cellulose membranes if in our skin since it's a biopolymer it can actually like promote a faster and better healing
0: first of all, you can conclude that all you need is a flame of curiosity that turns your passion into this huge fire. It actually translates into the the future projects that you want to better than regular plastic. Part that you wanted to use in medical fields as a bio band-aid is just fascinating because... When you're conducting medical research, you want to make sure that it's compatible with the human body and it doesn't cause inflammation immune in response, and keeps the bad guys out.
1: Yes, I'm really like fascinated about this material i I got really curious about it I didn't know that it existed before doing my research and it's like besides these applications that I told you it can be applied like for fashion applications there are some like uh Uh, shoes coming out from bacterial cellulose membranes and sometimes they do like earphones the part that goes into your ear uh, with bacterial cellulose membranes so it's a Really interesting material that can be applied in things that we don't even like uh, imagine, so when I we was searching about
0: its applications, it was
1: really fascinating because it's a really versatile
0: material. I actually remember when I was a child, as you mentioned the shoes that there was a new brand coming out. they made a new shoe part that actually let your food breathe It was made out of skin but it had little edges and it was constructed in a way that it had little holes in it It was about the physical properties but which you are mentioning is a completely different material not just externally different but internally constructed in a dissimilar way yes that's really nice are leveling up in that fashion dressy trends if you continue to to research that and find new applications so I'm waiting for your brand yes. to come out yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you yes actually like this the idea of working with biopolymers came because like with microorganisms came because I was searching I am vegetarian and I was searching for an alternative to leather that was not like made from plastics and I come up to find like some uh, leathers that were from fruit waste and leathers that were produced by microorganisms. And I got really curious about it. So I think that we can catch up ideas from different areas that we are not like completely deep into it, but you can like transform them and apply them and produce different things using science, you know? So I uh, saw about leather produced by microorganisms and then I started worrying, oh, could i use the macadamia nutshells as a kind of food for these microorganisms so they can reproduce a different kind of material that is also biopolymer and that and i didn't even know that this material could be applied in the biomedical field before doing my research the idea was just
0: like to see if the microorganisms could do it with the macadamia nutshell <laughs> you, where you thought about these applications, I'm curious that for the listeners who haven't touched a bacterial cellulose membrane, how does it differ if you touch it compared to a animal skin leather?
1: It's like, uh, it's also wet and it's very flexible, like a plastic. It's more flexible than a plastic, actually. And the feeling is really good because like it has some kind of texture and it, you can have like different um uh thickness depending on how you grow your microorganisms. So I did different tests and I have like some bacterial cellulose membranes that are really thin and some that are more large. And it's really nice to see that they can be produced in different ways depending
0: on the application that you want to give. You mentioned that it has healing properties that maybe you could combine the two and make clothes that look cool and do a benefit of healing you as well. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> loved love the idea. <laughs> you can be fashion and healed at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beauty and health. During our conversation, you already mentioned that you will study this field or a major that is related to the interests you've already been passionate about at university. Now, I know because I traced back your eyes of history a little bit, you've received tuition scholarship from the University of Arizona in Tucson. So are you going to attend that institution or are you going to continue your tertiary studies elsewhere? So
1: uh, actually, unfortunately, I could not attend at the University of Arizona because they only offered um, a partial scholarship. And I was looking for something bigger because it's hard to move out from from Brazil to somewhere else. And I did uh, the application process to universities in the United States, but the results are only coming out in a month and a half maybe. And so I don't know if I'm going to the US, but here in Brazil, we have a different schedule. Uh, we are in the softener hemisphere, So we are already starting universities here. And for now on, I, as far as I know of my future, I'm going to study here in the best federal university we have here that is public. And it's in my state, it's called uh, The Federal University of Rio Grande do Sul, and it's a really amazing university. And here we also have to declare the major when we are starting university. So I'm going to study materials engineering. And I'm really excited uh, to study this field because I'm really passionate about it. And you can explore like from all my research projects. But fingers crossed, so I can like maybe in one month and a half reach to you and say the news. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yes i'm so excited to to hear all about it because i know that it's such a stressful process to go through because u.s application system differs from yours and um, especially for international students places are limited but i think who wouldn't accept you so i'm real cheering you on and even though it's called the educational lottery if you receive the good news i would be really pumped to hear all about it
1: Thank you. Thank you for all your kindness. I'm really hoping to receive the good news too.
0: (laughs) What is your dream school? Or if you want to, you can share it as well.
1: I think that's like really hard for me because everything that I see in the US seems like a really dream. Uh, Because here in Brazil, we don't have these like interdisciplinary courses and I want to start further than engineering. So I don't know if I can like, he can name a dream school, but I, as far as I have applied like to 10 universities, all of them
0: I would be really happy to attend. <laughs> Yes, I can imagine. And um, the fact that you mentioned the interdisciplinary studies is so true, because if we look at how the the workplace and the market is changing at the moment, what they really strive to achieve is combining different fields and making a new one, even though you have to be a master at a specific subject. You have to know the surrounding ones, so one of my friends, who is an Italian theoretical physicist, he said that you have to oscillate between the passions you are excited about, but stay the course. You can look around and explore stuff, but staying in your lane and doing what you love is is a great thing.
1: Yes, I completely agree like we we are like really curious and interdisciplinary persons. we have a lot of things that. We want to explore further. So here in Brazil, you only have to focus on one thing, and I like—I don't know if I can do it because everything started with like sociology and sustainability economics, and I'm really like really excited about these uh, subjects as well. So I'm really hoping like to have a broader education.
0: I totally see your point and you've already explored a lot of fields and it would be very nice if it could continue forward. We've mentioned ISEF and I like to touch on this part because hearing all about your stories is uh, amazing. So how would you describe your ISEF week or weeks because you are a triple ISEF finalist with sharing a few of your favorite moments?
1: Yes, sure. I, I got all nostalgic remembering everything about it. And it. I think I'm like really emotioned right now. I have like some tears in my eyes, actually. And it was a really special moment for me because I live like in a small town and I have never traveled abroad before going to ISAF. ISAF was my first like international airplane travel. It was really special for me all the years that I come there uh not only because of like being the largest pre-college science fair in the world but i am really like the people you met there they are really fantastic they are young scientists they are producing like these really incredible research projects you are going to another town you're going to another city you can like explore and like really see different things that completely different culture that we have here in Brazil. And I think the, the most special thing that I can, that I have from these weeks that I, I attended ISAF uh, way like longer than only uh, presenting my research, then being judged then like receiving awards is because we form a Brazilian delegation is how we, we call it. So uh, like some days before going to ISAF, we reunite every Brazilian that is going from here to represent our country. And we spend like three, four days together uh, getting prepared and training our English. And it's really special for me, like how we spend the week together and how we connect. So I have friends here in Brazil that are in every region and I still talk to them. And I think this is one of like my favorite parts of it. Uh the friends that I do here, and like we spend the whole week uh we are one of the most animated and excited delegations I think, and we are this way out of like the the spin the pin exchange parties and everything. we are like really connected, and we spend like when you go when a party finish, we go to a room and we spend like the whole night there talking. So it was really special for me, this connection with other Brazilian young scientists and international as well, because I have made friends from like countries that I just like never imagined me talking to someone from there. So it was really special for me too to learn more about the culture,
0: to learn more about how science is done in other places from the globe. One thing I can attest to, and that's for sure, hands down, that the Brazilian group, you cannot miss them. I really love (laughs) (laughs) your... I really love your merge because I've attended last year. Like you have a unifying fashion in that sense and you are very proud to say that you're from Brazil, which is so inspiring because you've mastered the definition of a team spirit.
1: <laughs> yes. And we have like all this song that we always sing. So it's really special. We you like we try to show the best of our country that we can. <laughs>
0: Yes, that's amazing. And also that you prepare beforehand and you also do training sessions, uh, preparing your English, how you present the project. So you don't only have the fun aspect of being together as a group and staying up all night, but also preparing each other professionally to be ready for the competition.
1: Yes, yes. We have like uh, this. We are always supporting each other because it's hard. Like... Uh, we don't have the best quality education in the world so it's hard for most of us to speak english and it's really nice to like be there helping each other and we like sometimes we spend all night talking but it's like rehearsing our uh, presentation so we can like pronounce the english words so it's really nice like to be there and it's a really nervous time as well so Uh, we are there not only like to have fun but to to be there like helping each other in the technical aspect as well.
0: Absolutely not only play hard but work hard is is a good (laughs) (laughs) motto. to to describe it, and um, ISAF is not only uh, an international experience you could be part of, but you're also the first Brazilian girl to attend the Stockholm International Youth Science Seminar. I'm delighted to hear more about what you've experienced during the week, and first of all, because I know that it's a longer process than most of us imagine. How did you prepare for the week? And what was your first reaction when you received the news?
1: I cried a lot. I'm really like emotion person. So I cry a lot in every moment. And I never like I heard about the Sias since I was like 15 years old. And you can only attend when you are 18, at least. So I like I was really uh, anxious about it, but I never pictured myself going because I know how hard it is. And when I received the news, I, I cried a lot. It was like in the biggest science fair in Latin America here that happens here in Brazil. And it was like the last hour to be called. And I I was not expecting it out. <laughs> so it was really emotion for me. And I, I, I think Sias was like. I can describe in words. I think it was a really, really, really special moment in my life. Everything that you live through this week is like the most, I don't, I can describe it. Like you are in the Nobel week, you know, how every young scientist has dreamed about it. Every young scientist wo- knows what the Nobel represents. So you are there with like the, the most important scientists in the world. And it's just, like, really, it's incredible. And I met a lot of young scientists that were really amazing. They were, like, really excited. And we like we had, I think, one of the best days of my life happened during science. And it's it's a long preparation, but it's worth it. And I think that is not only a preparation. Like for me, it was not only a preparation in uh, in the way of like uh, preparing my materials and doing everything, but also preparation. Like I'm going to the, the, another hemisphere, and I live in the South Hemisphere. It's going to be really, really, really cold. So I had to prepare for the winter. And I was not in the like. It was probably the fanciest event that I ever attempted in my life. So I think I was not prepared for that too. So it was a long preparation in many ways. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah emotionally weather-wise and altogether strategic preparation to be there but the fact that you've mentioned your initial moment i can really feel what you've been going through because i'm also a crier i received the news on my phone and i went from a vertical to a horizontal position on my bedroom floor and i was just so happy <laughs> and then i cried um, so i know the emotional roller coaster of it all we know that the Nobel laureates are there so did you have the opportunity to meet any of them and did you get to talk tell me about it
1: yes I think I I stalked all of them probably I attended every Nobel lecture because I was so excited about everything we attended also a, a press conference with the medicine or physiology Nobel laureates and it was really amazing because we got the chance to like ask questions for them but I think one of the most special moments was in the Nobel reception, which is like it's really nice, and they are there. Like you can see them, you can touch them. It's so like so incredible, and I I try to speak with a lot of them during the Nobel weekend, uh, the Nobel reception, and I will never forget like two of the most amazing conversations that I have ever, ever ever that I ever had. Uh, we talked with one of the Nobel uh, laureates on physics, and we sp- like we explained that we were in the science. And when he understood that we were there and what we'd done, we he like turned to all of us and we were like in a big group, and he said that we are the future of science. And it was a really special moment for me. And I also got like a really a scientific brush on Mark Semenza, who won uh, the Nobel Laureate on Medicine or Physiology. And I talked to him about like the the conditions that we are having for science here in Brazil. We are facing a really, really difficult moment here uh, and dark times are coming and he knew about it. So he started talking with me about it and it was Really special because I could see that he was like
0: really um, upset about the situation as well. That's extremely touching. Not just that you've received that inspirational remark from a Nobel laureate, but Also the fact that you could share your own experiences and what you are going through as a country and what the future of conducting research might be in Brazil. About Nobel laureates as these super aliens, which they are in a sense because they discovered incredible things, but we sometimes lose that human aspect um, that we can actually have a conversation with them and talk about issues like you just mentioned which is incredibly humbling that he was there to to support you in that sense
1: yes they are like i i saw them as like heroes and uh talking to them like changed a little bit of my mind because you can see the human aspect of them uh mark samantha he he talked a lot about being young in science he he told us that he like, did his discoveries that led to his Nobel Prize when he was young. So that was really special for me, too, because you see all the Nobel laureates and they are, like, in the top of their careers and you don't see, like, what they got through to get there. So I think that was really special for me as well, like, to see their journey uh, and to, like, go to the most amazing thing that
0: can happen to a scientist a crucial aspect because uh, we've talked about this with um, other scientists and I think you can also attest to that based on just what you shared but we see scientists growing going up on the stage receiving the award the certificate the medal you name it uh, you only see the tip of the iceberg but not necessarily whether water nights spent in the lab confusion not knowing how the research is going to go and uh, difficulties but through those times you grow stronger and you develop new ways of looking at life which will eventually make you a better scientist
1: yes i completely agree with you it's like you we have to value this process too because Uh, doing science is really hard sometimes and really unpredictable and really stressful so when we see a really like go time we have like to talk about all what the person went through because it's not like a science discovery is a science discovery done by someone and it's we must value this someone
0: yes getting to know the person behind the project board Crucial aspect, I just wanted to test that in the last part when we talk about science, is how did you enjoy the last evening? Not just the reception, but afterwards the, the dinner and most importantly the after-party event.
1: <laughs> yes, I enjoyed them a lot, a lot, a lot. It was a really special moment. It's like, it's kind of magical. And uh, it was always snowy and I had never saw snow in my life before. So it was like a really like magical kind of movie thing, you know, like when you are in a movie, it, it seemed that I was in a movie and it was really special for me. And comments about the after party, everyone like says that I want to dance like a Brazilian. So I think I did my my job showing how to dance like a latin person and i'm proud of it because if people is commenting comment uh is because i did a good job and i'm really like happy about it we danced all night long it was really really amazing and it was like the fanciest part ever Uh, but i i was really happy there you can like eat dance take a rest eat dance Take a rest. It was it was really amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you gotta fuel your passion for dancing. Undoubtedly, you made Brazil proud in the dance floor as well.
1: <laughs> yes, I hope so. I'm not like the best Brazilian dancer when you compare me with like my peers, but there I I tried hard, my best, and I think I like I delivered something to be proud of. <laughs>
0: Yeah, gotta show up those samba moves. <laughs> you cannot go wrong. <laughs> so glad that you had fun. And I think that it's gonna be a memory that will stick with you forever.
1: Yes. Yes, I think uh, the whole week is really special. And I will never forget it. Because I will, like, I will have to talk about it if, if someday I have, like, grand. A child, I would like to have to explain about it like every Sunday afternoon to my (laughs) (laughs)
0: grandchild. That's so hilarious that you say that because I've just shared with my friends that I'm going to be that annoying grandma who always talks about, you know, the experiences she had when she was young. We've had, like in our family history, a grandpa who went through life-changing experiences during the war or some victories. And he was also always so fixated on sharing those details. So I think I'm going to be the grandma version of that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah my grandpa is always sharing about like coming out from the town that he lived and growing and like achieving things so i we are going like to be the i i think the dumb like the dumb ass grandmas ever
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah a grandma who has some moves (laughs) Perhaps a few years later, when we all reach that age, laugh back at how we imagined ourselves being grandmas, which is kind of interesting. But scientists always think ahead. So we kind of deny that aspect. (laughs) (laughs) In science, you don't really think about that entrepreneurship is so crucial. It might be a confusing idea. But entrepreneurship, in that sense, is translated into science because it doesn't matter how you take your original idea to reality. And you finished high school with a professional business course. So that's why I'm curious. What are some of the business skills you think you've acquired that you could incorporate into conducting research?
1: Yes, uh, it was really special for me doing this professional course, because here in Brazil, we have like the the high school uh, uh, common curriculum course. And I did like something uh, bigger than it. I had like one more year of high school, so I could do it. And I studied like special uh, courses. And I, I think I can take a lot of those to so doing science because I think it's really important to take some of like the skills that you can have as business administrator to the science. So I take I took like entrepreneurship courses, I took uh, environmental management courses, and also like cost fin- finances cost uh, management courses. And it was really special for me. And I think like the most. Um, useful skills that I had is concerning like entrepreneurship concerning the way you can like make an engineering or science project became an actual uh, commercial product available in the market so I think this is one of the things that I started uh, understanding and studying but I want to like further develop it and uh, I also like study a lot about um, calculating the costs of a product and how to, like, make comparisons with what already exists in the market. And it was a really special for, thing for me because I produced, like, uh, applied science. So I could really, like, calculate the cost of the projects that I did. And also, the, like, the classes of... Uh, Environmental and also quality management, they were really special because I could see like how uh, reusing organic trash, reusing waste, uh, minimizing waste is important in a global scale, like for a global environmental footprint. So I think I learned a lot of things that can be applied in science projects. And it was really special for me. And I want to like to further explore the entrepreneurship part because it was only on my last year of high school. And I think we can learn a lot about it. I registered a patent from, for the project about the Macadamia Nutshell. And um, I now want to like, I am doing some contacts here in Brazil to make it become a commercial product or a startup. So uh, I think this is really special, like having this contact while in high school was a privilege for me, actually.
0: And congratulations. I can't wait to see your Macadamia nut product on the market as in that sense that you've already established your startup. You got a... Focus on creating the financial plan, doing future prediction analysis. Because these are the nitty-gritty details of business. We gotta say that because you gotta work with numbers and doing a lot of calculations. But if you get through it all, it will be so much easier for you down the road ahead.
1: Yes, yes. And I think it's this is really important because... We have done so many interesting things in science, so many, like, amazing findings, and I think we must share them. We must not only share them, like, in a verbal speaking way, but also share this product and really uh, fulfill the science
0: goal of, like, solving problems and helping people. I couldn't agree more. Another aspect of your life that we gotta highlight in this podcast is that you're working as coordinator in a non-governmental organization to promote science for young students, but also being the founder of Help Me Out here if my pronunciation goes on the wrong track, but Manina Scientistas. It might yeah, sound Yeah, that's a bit that's
1: pretty good. <laughs> Yes, I, I heard some Spanish, like, accent, but I, I could, like, totally understand what you we were saying. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> what are some practical ways to involve younger people in doing research? Because it's not always that easy.
1: Yes, I think it's really hard, actually, because as, like, I told my history, uh, my story about, like, not seeing myself as a scientist when I was a kid. And I think that happens to a lot of kids out there now because science is really distant from people. It's not accessible at all. Sometimes people use like words that I can't understand. Can you imagine like an eight-year-old girl understanding it? So I think that we have a lot of practical ways like to share science and in our organizations and I personally try to like uh, share about inspirational stories such as your podcast so I try to like bring Brazilian stories about girls that did research in high school boys that did research in high school and I think that representativity is really important showing examples and I think uh, having this accessible language is like essential because if you can't communicate with the public that you are like uh, uh, talking to they are stopping going to like they will stop paying attention to what you are saying and i think this is really important to have this clear language this clear conversation so they can understand what you're saying and i i especially when i have the opportunity when i have like the tools i need i try to do workshops and this is particularly very fun because i myself learn new things i ministered a workshop about robotics and i don't know almost anything about robotics to girls so I learned like in the day of the facilitation and it was really special for me so I tried to like bring experiments and to show things like changing color things exploding but exploding is dangerous so take care (laughs) and like this kind of things I've to you know to show that science is really fun that science can be like really, really something that you can uh, picture yourself in. And that is just as fun and as sports. And I think this is really important. Like these are the three key, like, key uh, goals that I try to achieve when I am like talking and delivering a talk or delivering a workshop. And I think this is really like special. It's a really special moment like to contaminate and, be an enthusiastic for young students in science.
0: Status quo or the stereotype that's swirling around in society or in many kids' head is that science is this textbook-like, raw, tasteless stuff that you gotta learn and get through it all. But no, it can be fun. It can include sometimes explosions, but you don't necessarily <laughs> want to do that first. <laughs> Finding that channel that through which you can communicate the message in a clear and con- concise way in order to get to the receptors to the children while incorporating personalization into that is essential like we have in molecular biology when we go from DNA to protein there is a whole process of translation and if that didn't happen we wouldn't get the end product so that's my translation of our message which is so scientific to a more accessible language is real key just as you've expanded on it. Yes,
1: I totally agree, and like you can you have like to approximate the student that is hearing you from like your own history from what you are seeing, and I think this is really important this connection between what he is like doing he's in a workshop or listening in a talk to like his own life, you know to see that to share and to show that it's possible to anyone that is fun. And I think this is like the, the main goal. And doing research here in Brazil is a really like privilege because not every student has access like to quality education. Uh, You're like research in high school. So we are not like uh, expected to do it. We are not obligated to do it. And I think that my, one of my biggest dreams is to making it a possibility to, to every student because i i think that it really changed my life education and science i went some through like really tough moments during my high school familiar problems and research was my reason to keep going to not quitting and i think that it's like my call to give back to the other students to give them a reason to continue to
0: i'm sorry to hear that you went through hard stuff during conducting research because what happens inside of the home um, really does have an impact on you. I just admire you for the strength that you had and that you could achieve so many amazing things.
1: Thank you. That is really kind. Thank you.
0: So, that's your vision for the next generation Brazil and globally to, to pass that down that legacy for those new inventors?
1: Yes, I think this is really important. This is like really crucial actually because we need like scientists everywhere from different perspectives from dif- different backgrounds and i think diversity is really important when you are doing science because you can have different point of views and i think this is really like important to show to every kid that science is a possibility that science is not boring it's actually fun and i could not see like something really more important than that and i like i see people always saying that we young people are the future but i think that through research through science through technology we can also be the present we can change the world right now using these tools
0: undoubtedly and it will make a transformational impact that will define the next decades Of our lives here on Earth, we gotta protect Earth. We gotta protect our planet. And you've been working in the field of sustainability. So we've haven't really had, if I believe, a podcast that is focused on environmental sciences per se. So that's why I thought it would be interesting to bring up the fact that if you could, or bring up the question that if you could change the way people view sustainability, what would you alter?
1: I think nowadays people see like sustainability as a trend, as a plus in a product. Oh, it it uses like uh it's eco-friendly, so it's it's a better pro- product. It's a plus. But I if I could change this mindset, I would say that we have to see sustainability as not a plus, but as thing that is required. We as like consumers people clients people that are buying a product we must like guarantee we must uh, ask for products that are eco-friendly and this is something that I would change it's not like a plus it's something that is really required if you want to like take care of our earth of our environment here in Amazon we are facing a lot of environmental disasters a lot of a lot of Fires in the woods. And I think this is like, this is the mindset that we are having now that sustainability is a plus and it's not like uh, destroying everything, but it's actually is. So I think this is really important, like to Ask for products that are eco-friendly, that cares about the animals in the ocean, about the station, about everything that is really impacting our world.
0: So don't go for the labels because they might be tricky. This advice really applies to our daily lives because we go shopping on a weekly basis and we always make a choice. When we buy products, which brands do we support and which brands do we ditch? I could just tell that based on my personal story, I just recently bought a new shampoo. And I saw on the label that it's eco-friendly. It's made out of 90% natural ingredients. I believed it. I was not as meticulous as I wanted to be when I already bought the product, unfortunately. I look at the ingredients list and I checked that I missed one ingredient that is actually used in industrialized settings. So beneficial for your hair growth are some of the marketing strategies that do not necessarily protect our environment.
1: Yes, and what you said is like, really important because every like decision that you made is political it goes through sustainability it goes through social impact so it's really important to have this mindset to have this concern when you are shopping and sometimes like you will go with the marketing as you did but it's not your fault you are like uh finding seeking for the best option and i think this is really important. Like. All the choices that you made, they will have an impact. So we have like, to think more about before doing it.
0: <laughs> applies to all of our situations. So that was definitely a good tip. And other if questions, now we are closing up. Who would you invite as a dinner guest? It could be living today or in the past. The choice is yours and why.
1: I think this is a really like tricky question because if I could I would ask a lot of people to dinner with me <laughs> and I so I could like take the most of them and if I could like only choose one person someone that I'm really admiring nowadays during the past year is Carl Sagan because I'm getting really into scientific communication I think you as well because of this desire of doing the podcast and communicating and showing examples, so I think this is really important for me, and I will, like, take him to dinner, because I would like to understand every tip, how he is, like, he's a really precious example of scientific communication, he is, like, the most for me, And I would like to, like, hear more about his books because I have read a lot of them and I really admire his pieces. Uh, Hear more about Cosmos because I think it was like a life mark for his career, but also like a mark in the science TV. And I never saw something like that before. And I wish that someday, someday I can have my own co- Brazilian cosmos and show in TV really nice examples of science and make it more popular and accessible. So I think that's, that's the person that I would
0: ask without a doubt that would be a tremendous meeting to have and the fact that you mentioned that you want to bring forward the brazilian version of cosmos it's a an inspiring plan to have because if you think about it people watch tv on a daily basis where it would be so much better if the TV that we watch every day would be filled with so amazing content that promotes science and social issues that are just life altering at the moment.
1: Yes, I couldn't agree more with you. Like TV is what my grandparents watch and like is the like the main way that you can enter a home. And I think this is really important, like to not only show all the disasters that are happening but also some like inspiring some light in the way that science does.
0: Yes, and transmitting unbiased and true information as much as possible, or, you know, educating the public how you can distinguish right from wrong. Yes,
1: this is really important.
0: I bring a little game for the end. So it's this or that game. Have you heard about it?
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) I'm a really, like, confused person. I I, like... Most of the time, both options, but I will try my best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you you gotta decide either or. First one, I'm not sure if it's that easy, but we've mentioned uh, a little bit. But dancing or singing?
1: Dancing. I wish it could be singing, because when I was like a child, I wanted to be a singer, because of High School Musical and Hannah Montana, but I can't sing, so I I now enjoy more dancing.
0: <laughs> they defined our childhood.
1: <laughs> yes, they were yeah. really the
0: stars. I remember in high school we uh, had these role plays and we had a Gabriella, uh, a Sharpe, a Troy in our classroom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love them. Best movie ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so sweet, actually. You know, no aggression, no, I don't know, no explicit scenes. Just pure joy and high school stories and singing. So all fun.
1: Yes, and it was a really, like, famous thing here in Brazil. Everyone knew high school musical. Everyone like, sang high school musical. So I really enjoyed it. And playing like high school
0: musical with my friends when I was a kid, child. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm sorry that your singing career did not go the way you wanted, but your scientific and dancing career are on the way.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I hope them like go really way better than my singing career.
0: <laughs> the next one is cuisine um, inspired. So milkshake or smoothie? smoothie.
1: Yeah, because I really like fruits.
0: Traveling to Europe or Asia? Oh, that's
1: that's really difficult. But now, like if I have to choose now, I will travel to Europe because the coronavirus is in Asia right now. So this is like the the now answer, but I don't know like in a in a longer view. I really enjoyed going to Sweden, and I wanted to explore better Europe, but I really like Asia as well, and all like the spicy food, everything. Just without know. the virus part involved. Yes, I think in a longer view, I will go to Asia probably, I'm sorry, <laughs> European people that are hearing this. <laughs> And I didn't even explore, like, South America the way I wish. So I, I will, like, go first here and then I go up and up and I explore everything. But I wish I could explore all the world, actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so true. Closing question is, what does science mean to you? This is a really hard question. Like, for me, it means
1: almost everything. I think it means everything because everything our surroundings are made of, of science are investigated by science are questioned about by science. And this is particularly a thing that I like to do question uh, the questions, like try to explore things and understand them better. But when I see, like, when I think about science, um, in a project or science, like scientific method, uh, I think that science is really important to help people. And I think that's the way I connect with science because I want to help people. I want to like explore things that can contribute to a better society, to a better uh, community. And I think this is the way I see science as a tool to make innovative uh, solutions, to make new findings that can like change and
0: transform the way that we live right now and improve it. Yes, you've shared the gist of science and I'm also thankful for you sharing not only your passion project, your passion for project and your passion for science, but how you can incorporate practical steps into your life the fact that you're igniting that passion that flame in the hearts of many young Brazilian students is also inspiring so yeah thank you for sharing your outlook and I think it turned out to be an extremely inspirational podcast episode
1: oh thank you that is really su- sweet thank you for inviting me I really like admire what you are doing what you did in the past as well you're like background and I'm really glad to be here because I myself like heard the episodes when they are first coming and it's it's a really like special thing for me to be here to represent the South American people to represent that we can do science as well and I'm really glad to be here and I'm really glad to the opportunity like to talk to you and to express myself so thank you so so much for this opportunity.
0: Seriously a pleasure to have you here. And I'm also now proud to say that you were the first Brazilian girl and the first Brazilian overall on this podcast. I'll probably say that you make your home country proud.
1: Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. And I like I really admire what we're doing. Congratulations, like from our your story sorry from everything that you are doing right now. And thank you so much for having me here it was like a really great pleasure for me
0: hope you enjoyed today's episode the podcast is available on apple podcast itunes spotify and soundcloud if you want to show your support and be updated on all the news make sure to hit that subscribe button and follow the pod on instagram and facebook as well as always Thank you for taking a few moments of science with us and stay tuned for the next episode.